Hi. Hello, everybody Hello. out there. Hello. How are you, Emil? Hello. <laughs> What's going on, sis? How you doing? Oh, I'm just, I don't want to say any names, but I am stoked this morning about a guest I just found out we're going to have on in a few weeks, and Emil found her, and I'm so excited in this moment. I don't was, I'm supposed to introduce the podcast, but I just can't because I'm so excited about this guest we're going to have. Uh, well, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Hope of Change. I am your co-host, Change, also known as Emil, with our co- with our with our primary host, Alika. Alika, <laughs> who's really excited about a guest we're going to have on. Anyway, we were so. just ta- we were just talking about this uh, potential guest that we want to have on, and we promise you the change makers in the second century of Alika Hope and Change will be just as informative and impactful as the first uh, set of change makers. And one yes. of the things that we're doing as we kind of comb through the different people we like to bring on is to our guests, we're trying to bring on people who keep us in that positive space, but also who ask us to think sometimes about the obvious, about things that are right in front of us. You better think. And these are the things that I think change makers often do well is getting us to see the obvious in a new light. So our guests are going to be from different walks of life that just ask us to Look freedom. at what we already see freedom. and ask really dumb questions think. about it. Like, what is that? Is that good? Should we be like that? Should is we? this okay? Is and it? by asking those really simple questions, we get some very complex answers that get us to think. Think. You know, you just said that so well. You just said that so well. Well, you know, when you sing, sometimes sis, when you sing, I just, I want to just, I just want to flow, right? Like it's a cipher for between you and me. And I love that. So (laughs) in hip hop, for those of us who, who, for, for those of us who are listening that don't know, a cipher is when several uh, people get in a circle and then they start rapping, beatboxing, and they go one to another and you sort of riff off of what the last person said or a theme that is becoming common throughout the cipher. And uh, when Alika is singing, that is like, for me, part of the cipher. I get into it and I can start to flow. Flow. By the way, y'all, speaking of cipher, don't ask me. Joe's always like, Alika, what are you talking about? And then I go back and I trail like the pathway to my random, that seems random statement that goes back to where what he said connects to what I'm saying now. So let me say to you that you said cipher, which got me thinking, what does cipher mean? What does cipher mean? And then it got me thinking about the meaning of life. And then it got me thinking about the seventies and it got me thinking about Logan's run. So this is why we went from cipher to me explaining Logan's run for all of you out there wondering why I just randomly said Logan's run. It actually, cause I was listening to Emil. I wanted you and Jamie to know that I started Logan's run. Um, I haven't finished it yet. I rented it from Apple. So I have only like, 20 something more hours to finish it. But y'all, I love that movie already. And I'm like, of course, I can't help at this point in my life, but watching it from a cinematography viewpoint as well, because I've done so much film work over time or, or, you know, film and TV, whatever. And I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's this scene of everybody like cheering when, you know, people are turning 30 and they're either being killed or taken into the ethers or whatever. 
and I'm looking at all the background actors, what we used to call extras, but we know nobody in a film is an extra, so we call them background. And there had to be hundreds of them. And I'm watching, and my first thought is, oh, okay, so in this world where it's supposed to be from all over the world, all the people left in the world, there's nobody who's overweight. Um, there's only one brown person. Um, there's not a single person in there with a disability. There's nobody wearing glasses. And I'm like, wow. So I love the content of it so far, but that was what really you know, caught my eye in Logan's run was how yeah. far we have come. Like people are still protesting and I get it, but I want to just pause for a moment and say, in the past 30, 40 years, how far we have come in film, because I tell you, there had, could not have been a single person in that background scene that was like over 110 pounds or something. And, <laughs> <laughs> and there wasn't even a person with like a broken arm. And I did right. see one brown woman, um, but of course she still had straight hair. And I'm thinking, wow, now when our union does calls for extras, it's like so diverse and it's not perfect, but I mean, it really looks more like the world. So if you want to just kind of look at a then and now just from that, like you should just watch one scene in Logan Drudd and be like, wow. Oh, yeah. And they were all like conventionally attractive. I forgot about that. Absolutely. They were all very um, European or Scandinavian or tall or all of these very common features that get very, get very frustrated when you're like, look at the diversity of beauty in, in our world. Right. And what I really... what. What's so poignant about this movie is no matter how beautiful they were, no matter how able they were, it didn't matter. No, because they turned 30. They had you know to. What? And I'm like, it's true. What kind of society did you build that even wow. when you are conventionally perfect, right. you still got to go? Like, that is crazy that's to deep. me. That's deep. Yes. Whoa. That's why this movie is such a classic because. It's not about what you are. It's about the age. And then it becomes, mm. now this, this ageist thing comes up. It's like, why would you make it arbitrarily 30? Why not 35 or 29 or, mm. you know, so all of those questions. And the movie gets more and more um, complex, morally complex, <clears throat> excuse me, as you go through it. And you'll, you'll, you like it now. It gets richer and deeper and more complex as it goes. Well, I'm very excited because I'm going to finish it before the next episode. And I don't want to give away too much of the plot. So I'm just trying to err too much of the whatever. Yeah, plot. So I'm talking about other stuff. But everybody listening, you guys got to watch Logan's Run. You can rent it on Apple Film. You can watch it on Google Play, whatever. It's like $3.99, $4.99 to rent. But I'm already, you know, 25 minutes in. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. So um, it's fascinating. Because also it talks about, you know, overpopulation, war, pollution. And I'm just like, oh, hmm. <laughs> yeah, anyway. It's, a, it's one of the original dystopian classics, for sure. Well, I'm, I'd like to thank you and Jamie for turning me on to it because it's pretty uh, pretty remarkable already. Um, so today we're talking about if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we said back in December of 2020, we were going to have a part two. So I guess we can have it now <laughs> in September of 2022. Um, but I did, I did kind of change the title a little bit to if it ain't broke and if it breaks, there's hope for change. You like that, Emil? Like that? I like that. I do. I appreciate um, that. So 
we we talked about I remember we talked about my youngest was always breaking stuff and that's how this all started. Um yeah, at the time he was breaking a lot of stuff. So not on purpose. Uh he breaks less things now, but I also keep more things away from him. Shout out to my son. Uh, <laughs> As any good young man knows, our job is to be curious to the point of I won't say stupidity, but I will say <laughs> foolhardiness. But it was great when a couple of weeks ago he was in the car with Uncle Emil and he kept saying, but why? And Uncle Emil answered him so calmly. It was so, while I was driving and he just kept answering the question. So shout out to my brother, bam, for no matter how much my son was saying, but why? Uncle Emil just said, this is why. But why? This is why. I used to take apart everything. I used to want to know how everything worked. I still do. I want to know why the sky is blue. I want to know why concrete is hard. I want to know. So when my nephew wants to know, I just see myself. And I'm willing to go there as patiently and as long as it down as many rabbit holes as he wants to go. Because I've probably been there. And if I haven't, I'm curious to go with him. Now, I got to sing this before we go on a break. It just reminded me, and I don't know if I can do his voice right, but was it Keith Sweat? No, it wasn't Keith Sweat. The one that goes, I want to know what turned you on. I think it was Guy. That's who it was. I want to know. Y'all don't remember that song. Okay. We'll be right back after the break. <laughs> <I was> grooving. <laughs> All right, y'all, we're back, and I looked it up, and it was Joe. I knew it was a one-word black singer from the 90s. (laughs) He goes, I want to know, and his name was Joe. And actually, he actually got the Billboard Music Award for R&B single. So I guess more people know that song than um, I realized. In okay. fact, I saw him in concert not too long ago. He's actually pretty what? good still. Yeah, he's pretty wow. dope. Wow. Yeah, he, I mean, I know he plays um, acoustic guitar. Did he play it in the concert? He did not. Oh. Uh, he just sang, but uh, he had a great set, a live band with him. Uh, he did a great, He it was him, Maxwell, yeah. and, uh, ooh, I can't think of the other act, but the, all three of them were, you know, Maxwell's you know, crooners, thing. guys. It was it was a one it was a wonderful concert, and all the ladies were so happy that they were there. Did did he sing it like this? I wanna know. Oh, he was like that. Note for note, he was still uh, pitch perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I have a soft spot in my heart for people like Guy and Joe, and then there's Ralph Tresvant from New Edition, who I think had a tenorish voice, but his voice, and I don't usually like tenors that much, but his voice was just. I'd be like, you need a man uh, with a sensitivity, a man like me. Uh. Do you remember that song, Jamie? How could I forget? <laughs> <laughs> Being a tenor and a sensitive man, that was like, I'm walking around singing that song. I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> And for the record, y'all, Jamie is one of the tenor voices I like. Like when he used to sing Prince stuff, I'd be like, oh, that's my honorary big brother up there, y'all. <laughs> yeah. 
That's true. And as you and Emil are both sensitive men, Emil, if you don't know that song, do you know that song, Emil? What the one you just sang? Sensitivity by Ralph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Just mm-hmm. making sure. Cause man, come on, man. Ralph T. Ralph T. Was he was speaking so. for a lot of us folks. Uh huh. Yeah. That was the jam. Yeah, the jam. for real. I mean. It, when he sang that, you know, it's it's the late 80s, early 90s, whatever. Yeah. And, and he sings that. And we could stand up and, like, say, see? Yup. Yes. <laughs> see? See? <laughs> yes. See? Like it, was, it was justification. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it's like, because at the time, everybody was moving toward being, you know, quote, unquote, hard. hard. I'll use that word. Joe to see. Hard. Right. <laughs> and then... Ralph T comes out with that song and you're and you're like standing up and you're like, hard isn't always everything. See? That's right. And got, everybody was like, Yeah, I can be sensitive too. That's right, yeah. And then <laughs> then, then gangster rap took over and it was, you know. But for a minute, sensitive dudes were in. But wait, can, can I tell you guys something? Because this is my chance to rap. There's only a few rap. I know I know I also know I need love, but anyway. Um See, you need someone who's there like a gentleman. If anybody can fit the description, baby, I can. Someone who cares and dares to give himself completely. You got it in me. You need a man with sensitivity. Okay, thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Well done. Very well done. Cypher. Cypher. (laughs) 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 Jamie Busson was Cypher. Cypher. (laughs) Cypher. All right. I don't know why. I like doing the yeah. show with you guys so much, but I do. I and part of it is because a random moment just shows up and we're still laughing about it. We're still laughing. And the thing is, is that I've got a couple comments from people who also laugh at us. So we're not alone in laughing. Anyway, so moving on to if it's broke or if it ain't broke or whatever the title of this episode is. If it ain't broke and it breaks, there's hope for change. I want to tell you about something. Sure. If something broke is there a reason why it broke maybe there is maybe it's not supposed to be fixed in the way you think it is well i'm speaking to someone today i don't know who it is out there but i know somebody out there needs to hear this (laughs) so if you're listening yeah maybe there's a reason why it broke Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. word so you know in preparation for this I, having lived in Japan, went back to a Japanese concept called wabi-sabi. Wabi-sabi. Have you heard of wabi-sabi? I have not. I like that title, though. What is that? So wabi-sabi is a philosophy, mindset, outlook that perhaps things are more beautiful with imperfections than they are without them. Explain. And in Japanese society, a lot of times something fine will break something you like, something you appreciate, and okay. it'll be repaired with gold glue, with some Ooh. sort of decorative glue. And it actually becomes more beautiful after it's broken than before it was broken. This is wow. what Wabi Sabi embodies. When you put something back together that was once broken, perhaps the way you put it back together adds beauty to it. Mm. And therefore you can find beauty not because of, but not in spite of, but with imperfection. And perhaps the imperfection is in part. So you find beauty, yeah. not because of and not in spite of, but with imperfection. Got it. Got it. Right. 
So now you, when you, if you look up Wabi Sabi and you go to say Google Images, you'll see broken pots repaired with gold, with decorative types of glue. That there's an impartation of beauty from the brokenness, and it's a life philosophy for many people who say, you know what, my life would be, be would not be better if I hadn't gone through extraordinarily hard times. And in mm. fact, I'm more beautiful with wrinkles on my face, with gray hair, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with struggle, because those imperfections make me more complete, even mm. though I've been more broken. You know, that's some deep stuff. It got me thinking about when we say, like people say, I have to break the horses in, or when they talk about, um, you know, before my, before my wedding, centuries and decades ago just kidding but before it i hired a personal trainer and i remember um to you know for my wedding dress whatever and i remember him talking about sometimes you have to break the muscle fibers down so they can like rebuild or whatever you know what i'm mm -hmm. talking about i'm really doing a bad job of this but i know you know this like don't they talk about that like breaking down the muscle fibers actually my dance teachers used to talk about that too um so they can get stronger you know what I'm talking about? You're absolutely correct. So um, the, the body works yeah. best under a what, what we would call optimum stress. And there we go. Okay. weightlifting and working out is part of optimum stress. You want enough stress to push the muscle to grow, which means mm -hmm. that at some point you have to actually ask that muscle or muscle fiber to fail. Because then the response to that failure is, oh, I have to adapt and that means grow. So this is how bodybuilders get huge is they attack their muscles with giant weights and break them down and stress them to the point where they say, oh, you're going to lift giant weight? Here, let me respond with more mass and more yep. strength. So we need this optimum level of stress to achieve some of our physiological goals but there's also a psychological optimal level of stress that we should also have it's what mm -hmm. forces us to learn right you stress the brain with a little bit more knowledge than it can consume the brain mm -hmm. responds with wiring new neuro uh, neural pathways yes yes right? and yes exactly it does that is that is one field i'm familiar with and i'm telling people all the time like it even it's even true with anxiety sometimes when people get really anxious about something the best thing for the brain to do is actually to do it, to let the brain know, oh, this is safe. I don't have to protect this person, right? But first you have to kind of be, like go for broke. Like when people are afraid to fly on a plane, you got to fly on a plane, go for broke, because then the brain learns that it's okay to fly on a plane. Um, this is very interesting. Because isn't the brain a muscle or is it a muscle? It's an organ. It is an organ, it's and an organ. It, you treat it like a muscle in that yeah. if you do not exercise it, it will get flabby. It will. It will get meant, it'll get lazy, right? Yes. So a body that's not under the appropriate amount of stress gets yeah. lazy. And it, whether it's mind, body, or spirit, we yeah. always need that optimum level of stress. And the hard part is figuring out what is that? What is that? Because let me tell y'all that during COVID, my brain broke because all I did was watch TV all day when I was stuck <laughs> in my house. All right, we'll be right back after the break. See ya. I mean, hear ya. Whatever. We're coming back. Interlude 
music by Lawrence V. White. So we're back and, you know, we're talking about when things break, you don't have to always fix them. And maybe there's hope in the change. And um, it got me thinking about that song. Um, walking on, walking on broken glass. Uh, every one of us is made to suffer. Okay. I, I remember that song. That's another nineties classic, is it not? Yes. It's um 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 come on, Jamie, help me out. Um um um, um. Annie Lennox. Thank you. I was like the white lady with the short hair. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw the music video rolling in my head with her blonde short hair and walking. I couldn't think of her name. Annie Lennox. Yes. Every so, one of us is made to suffer. Uh-huh. There's there's this concept of, you know, things breaking and then what is the recovery? You know, you're a child and you knock a vase or something, lamp down and you break it and you, you know, you have to throw it away because you can't repair it or you don't know how to repair it. And then there's other times when uh, you can repair it. And so the skill it takes to repair something, the patience it takes to put the puzzle back together is part of the process of understanding when something is broken beyond repair and not. And this is part of what... Um, I see in human beings a lot of times is they don't learn how to have patience over broken things. So if a situation goes terrible, it's completely hopeless. Instead of looking for the opportunity to see if the pieces can be reassembled, sometimes in the same way, other times in a new way and put yes. back together. And this is part of our human experience that we need to be much more comfortable living out. Can I see in the brokenness Either something new, or maybe there's a piece of the old that, mm -hmm. despite all the brokenness, I can turn into something new. Like, there's so many ways to see brokenness when we are willing to be creative and open our eyes to what brokenness presents. Yes. And I, I have to add, yes. this reminded me of something. So, and this is a living metaphor of what Emil's talking about. Um, if any of you listeners out there, or you two, ever traveled to Philadelphia, there's mm -hmm. actually a museum called Magic Gardens. Magic Gardens, okay. Yeah, it's called the, um, yeah, Philadelphia's Magic Gardens. It's on South Street in Philadelphia. And what it is, it is a, a patio, a courtyard filled with what they call uh, a menagerie, a mosaic of broken pieces. Hmm. There's tile, there's mm. recycled materials, there, mm. there's recycled plastic, there's glass, there's... Um, hubcaps, there's <laughs> bottle caps, there's everything <laughs> that nice. they've repurposed into a walk-in art exhibit. It is beautiful. Wow. Everything, bicycle wheels, mirrors, folk art. Um, it is gorgeous. Please look it up, everyone, listeners. Philadelphia's Magic Gardens. It's an example of taking something from broken pieces and creating something that is just a beautiful mosaic. I love that. And yes. Any of y'all out there who are listening, mm, and you know there's something broken in your life because I'm talking to you, mm, mm. and mm. you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, mm, Talk to just know that today all I can say to you is hold on, hold on. be strong, because be someone's going to come out of that brokenness, mm, Come out. just sit through today, watch some Netflix if you need to, watch Tell some em. Amazon if you need to, because tomorrow's out. a new day, mm, watch it if you need to. That's all. 
Because sometimes you can't see where the brokenness is going, but know that it's going to go somewhere. Only after it's broken can you Mm -hmm. assess what to do from the brokenness. And this is the part that most of us don't miss because we don't want it to break in the first place. You and I are eternal optimists. Even when we're pessimistically looking at something, we're optimists because we're like, I know something is going to come from this. I just can't see it right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when we can't see it right now, we don't get discouraged. We just, we lament it. We go, oh my gosh, I don't know what we're going to do. Oh, I can't deal with this right now. And then for some reason it's in us when we take a step back and look at it again, perhaps a few days, things change. There's Mm -hmm. art somewhere in there. There's a song in there. There's an interpretation of the events in there. And we tend to find it, which is why we're so resilient. And this is part of what Wabi Sabi teaches, what Magic Garden illustrates, that just because something looks bad Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it is bad. And doesn't mean it'll stay bad. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. It doesn't mean it'll stay bad. And the three of us are here to tell you. Mm, okay, I'll stop. But the three of us are here to say that we, we, Come on. we have been Go through on, some things in our lives. We all have pain. Uh, yeah. We all have sorrow. Uh, uh. But if you are strong, we know that there's a Always tomorrow. Um, I really like today's episode. I had a cup of coffee before we started. Can y'all tell? Everybody uh, can, we can always tell. Yes, I know. Um, but for real though, you know, it, there can be a reason why it broke. And um, I was actually watching a doc, the documentary about the fire festival because I was sharing it with my students. Um, and it's fascinating how, you know, the fire festival, the festival that never was, the music festival that was planned in the Bahamas, and it they basically just, they took millions and millions of dollars from people. And then I was always thinking about what about the workers who were there and right. who, you know, were fleeced to their money. And um, there was a woman, uh, Mary, Mary Ann is her name, and she ran a resort, um, a native Bahamian and a restaurant, and she... Uh, catered all these people did all this work and she ended up being out i don't know like most of her savings fifty thousand dollars because she made the choice to pay the workers on the island when the americans that set it up did not and i was so sad for her and i was like i have five bucks i feel like i want to donate to her i found this gofundme and people all over the world especially other americans have already raised two hundred and forty one thousand dollars for her to help her pay the people on the island and to help her you know herself and it and that really got me thinking about the brokenness. Like this fire festival was a hot mess, 2017. If you don't know, you can look it up. It's F Y R E, and she was out money, but she did the right thing, um, even though it took money out of her savings. And people all over the world came together to raise this 241,000 as of last week when I checked. And I just said, you know what? That's the power that can come together out of brokenness. Um, like the guy who started the festival, he's talking about, oh, I'm getting out of prison. I'm going to start new things. And I was like, I don't care about you. I care about <laughs> Marianne right. who did the right thing, who sacrificed her own money to help other people who needed it. And look at how, you know, things came back when she thought everything was going to be broken. So she, she's less than $9,000 away from her goal. And it's yeah. just beautiful to mm-hmm. see that, uh, so many people came from that. And mm-hmm. you know, the thing about if you watch that documentary about fire festival, you see, 
I'm a logistician. I understand how many mistakes they made from the very so beginning. So many mistakes. There was no hope that that thing was going to no. come off. No, and he knew it. I'm sorry. He and knew it. I, 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 it's hard <sighs> for me to say that you didn't when you didn't hire a professional logistician early to mm-hmm. do something so hard to mm-hmm. do. You, it's not even one of those. It's not like it's a fancy camping trip. It's a Mm-mm. hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. So the fact that people have responded to um, this fiasco by saying, hey, we, 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 the community sees a mm-hmm. need that we can fill. Mm-hmm. The people of the Bahamas were asked to do something in good faith, they acted. Mm-hmm. And in bad faith, they retreated. Mm-hmm. And it's the, it's the bridge between good faith and good faith that makes us whole. And this is what good mm-hmm. faith looks like when people around the world say, it wasn't your fault that you, right. in good faith, acted on what people asked you to do mm-hmm. and didn't get paid. And the response to that is good faith in this case. And I'm just like, see, when good faith bridges good faith, good things happen. And it's beautiful to see. Even in the brokenness. And, you know, it reminds me of another film. Um, Did you hear about that film about the broken arm? No, no, I didn't. What what was it about? Oh, my gosh. It has an amazing cast. (laughs) I love my sister. Not the verb I wanted to use, but that's the verb I'm going to use. I love my sister. Hard. Oh, can't believe I fell for that. I was right there. I was on the precipice, and then she hit me with that. Oh, it hurts. Y'all just have a great week. (laughs) Remember, (laughs) sometimes when things break, have hope in the change that's to come. We'll talk to you next week. Y'all have a great week. (laughs) Bye now. If you enjoyed what you heard today on Alika Hope and Change, please head over to iTunes to rate the show and leave a review. It's really the best way for you to show your support for the show. And bonus, it costs you $0. Join the conversation on Instagram, share this episode with your friends on social media, or just tell others by word of mouth. Thank you and keep sharing hope and change.